What's up, everyone? I am Marcus Blewett, and you're listening to Lift Every Voice, where every voice holds weight. On today's episode, I have a young man coming to the show that is a aspiring sports analyst. He's very passionate about sports, and he recently did a internship in Washington, D.C., where he got the chance to network himself, to get his brand out there. His internship definitely changed this man's life. I would like to welcome Richard Domus to the show. It's a pleasure, Marcus. I've been waiting two months to get to be a part of your casting, so I'm looking forward to a good interview. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Graduation, you almost there, bro. Crazy. How you feel about graduating in, what, like a month and a half? You know, it's really surreal. It's crazy how it, it was three years ago how we were coming in here, you know, from inner cities, not knowing anything about this environment, the people. A lot of us progressive scholars that came here, we thought about transferring plenty of times, you know, through our early years, because there's just so many things that make us that, that don't make us feel welcome here, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're just so different from everybody else. And, you know, like, we've been through so much, and it's crazy how, like, three years ago, I don't think a lot of us thought we'd still be here right now, but we are here, and I just feel like I'm at a point now where I just want to enjoy the time with, you know, all my best friends that I have left, because, you know, we're all going our separate ways soon, so I definitely, you know, want to make the most of these last few weeks. Yeah, you said we all going our separate ways. I'm from Chicago, so I'm going back there. You're from Cambridge, Nazi from Cambridge. Lorenzo's going back down south, maybe. Are you kind of afraid of what's going to happen next? Are you scared of that that new chapter of life you're going to enter? I would say yes, because I feel like for the next chapter of my life, my mindset has to change a little bit. Right now, academically, I'm not doing too on a couple of classes. I feel like I'm kind of like, I'm like kind of on a mental low. And it's me, and it's I'm, you know, I'm not as be, I'm not as responsible as I, as I have been in the past. You know, I'm not as I'm just not up to standard. And I feel like for me, as someone who wants to be a television sportscaster someday, news is a, a it's a business where you have to be quick and accountable, and you have to be ready all the time. And I feel like you know, in college, there are so many things that you can do to like it, it's not the real world yet. Like if I don't want to go to class tomorrow, I don't have to. I'm not gonna fail. I can miss a homework assignment. I'm not gonna get fired. A teacher's not gonna come after me, and you know things like that. But news, like, doesn't matter if it's rainy, cold, snow. You gotta be there. If they want you to be at eight, and if they want you to be there at ten, if they want you to do a double shift, you gotta do it. You can't say no. So you know, getting ready for the real world. That's what I'm thinking about. You know, I've made a, I've made a lot of connections. I've just done a couple of things. You know, really get myself ready for a job afterwards. So I'm not worried about the process of finding work. It's about whether I'm ready to do the work. You want to be confident. I feel confidence is the key. And I'm not as confident right now as I. I would like to be, but you know, it's a lot of time for that to change. Yeah, it's a lot of time. But the the first thing that's major is you admitting that you don't have that motivation. Like you already see that you don't have the motivation and you're not where you're supposed to be if you want a career in media. So like you just said, you have enough time to try to gain your momentum and gain your motivation to succeed in media. But you talked about how you did well networking and you're not worried about looking for a job. So what did you do to set yourself up? It's an interesting story. Like I uh, I came into college. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Like I want to be involved in media. I feel like honestly coming in like it was it was radio. I thought radio, and then maybe once I get my comments up a little more, I can be on TV. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, summer going into my junior year, I really didn't, I wanted internships, but I didn't have any experience. I wanted to just get my foot in media, whether it was doing this or that. And I didn't know how to do those things. So I reached out to uh, a colleague of mine who graduated from my high school. Now he's a writer for USA Today. So I reached out to him and said, hey, what can I do to get to where you are right now? Because I, I, I found him on LinkedIn. I saw he did internships at Northeastern. Like he would, he would cover the, the, the college basketball team. He, 
he he was in Africa for a semester. He was a part of like, you know, radio and journalism companies there. I'm just like, man, like he's got a full resume. And this was while he was in college all the way since his freshman year. I'm like, I'm going to be a junior. I have, I have nothing going for me. So pretty much told me, get your foot in the door. Once you go back to Colby Sawyer, reach out to everybody you know. See if you can do anything, whether that's like announcing games, reporting for games, doing stats, you know, just anything that where you're not making someone else coffee, where you're actually like letting people know, hey, I can write. Mm-hmm. Hey, I can be in front of the camera. Hey, I can... I can be behind a microphone. So I came back to Colby and started thinking, all right, I'm going to do that. I'm gonna, I reached out to the athletic department. I knew they had people who announced. They let students do that, which is nice being at a small school. And, you know, Ryan Emerson, the guy in charge, he was really happy to have me on board. He said, hey, man, you know, let's get you on the mic. Let's see what you got. And I think you really like me a lot. And, you know, they've let me pretty much announce games ever since junior year. Mm-hmm. So I think that was fun. And then we had an internship fair September last year. We do it every year, but I went to the internship fair and there's a program called WI, which stands for Washington Internship Institute. Mm-hmm. And through that program, they have internships that like run in the D.C. area. So they recruit, uh, you know, call students from all over the country and even international to do different jobs in the D.C. area. So I applied to that program. And through that program, uh, you know, I applied to WJLA TV, which is the ABC7 news affiliate station in Washington, D.C. I pretty much studied away in D.C. for a semester interning at WJLA. And it was a great experience. Like we're talking about a top 10 news market in the nation. Yeah. The reporters that you get to hang around, the people you get to shadow, you literally see what it's like to be a reporter at the highest level and you know that was how did that affect you it like did it put you in that mindset where you wanted to mo- you wanted to be motivated because them people motivated you and you wanted to hurry up and be in your career like what was like how did that internship affect you it, it changed everything for one thing last so the summer my summer going into junior i told you i didn't have any internship experience i applied to i went on indeed I went on internships.com, applied to maybe like 50 places, never got a single phone call, even an email back. So me knowing that, it made me realize going into my junior year how hard it is to get these type of internships, whether it's news media, whatever. And I just told myself, man, Rich, like if you get a good internship, you better take it and run with it. A place like ABC7 News, WJLA, a thousand people apply to that kind of internship looking for a job, but only five people get a call back. So my mentality was... From day one, when I come in here to when I leave, I'm going to make sure that they know that when Richard Thomas leaves that building, it's going to be the best decision they ever made. It gave me experience of what it's like to be in the real world. Yeah. And I'm glad I got to experience it while I'm still an undergrad because an undergrad, you know, you're still maturing, like you're still learning how to be an adult. It was good for me to have that experience before I actually like went there as like an employee as opposed to an intern because being able to do what you want to do for a living before it's really without so much expectation just made it easier for me to go about it. Yeah. And I personally noticed that about you because before you went to DC, you knew what you wanted to do. You knew you wanted to be a sports broadcaster, but I didn't hear much about Rich and Facts. Like I didn't see you putting in that groundwork to you know, create blogs, to create posts and post things on the internet to get your name out there, to get your brand out. But when you came back from D.C., like you saw the change in yourself. Like I saw Rich being motivated to try to go and get a career in like journalism, in sports broadcasting. I saw I saw it in you and everyone saw like your work. I just want you to explain like what is Rich in Facts? Rich in Facts. It's crazy because Rich in Facts has been a thing for uh, since fall 2015. The blog was called richhasthepitch.blogspot.com. So Rich Has the Pitches, it's a website where I pretty much cover, um, you know, the NFL and the NBA. Those are my two favorite sports, and I feel like I have a pretty good knowledge of those two sports. So I cover, like, popular topics, but at the same time, like, 
I'll cover breaking news stories, and I'll also write my own feature story. So things that you might not always see on Sports Center, like I'll write articles like why the Warriors won't win the championship this year, or this is what LeBron has to do to pass Jordan in, why Isaiah Thomas should be the MVP when everyone else is talking about James Harden and Westbrook. I like, I definitely like to talk about things that people might not always think about because you know ESPN. They're going to talk about what's sexy. They're going to talk about LeBron. They're going to talk about Steph Curry. But they might not talk about, uh, you know, that guy from that small mar- that small market in Orlando, Florida. And I want people to know I know these things. And it's just because I'm just such a sports junkie. So I think it's cool to really flesh out sports topics that people might not know about. But I'm like, hey, you'd be really interested in this. You know, richhasapitch.com, I ended up changing it to Rich in Facts. It is uh, now a website, no longer a blog. It's richinfacts.com. Just the whole brand itself. It's it's also a Facebook page. I post, you know, updates when the Celtics are playing, when there's big games on ESPN. I just want people to know, like, this is what's going on in the sports world. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot going on right now in the sports world. You know, you're an upcoming sports broadcaster. I want to get your opinion and perspectives on a, a couple of topics right now that's going on. To begin with, Colin Kaepernick. Do you feel that Kaepernick really deserved all the criticism that he got since he started the sit-out of the national anthem? With Kaepernick kneeling... It was a silent protest. And when they asked him about it afterwards, he said, listen, minorities in this country are not getting what they deserve. And it's a problem. And I feel like whenever, you know, minorities or anybody speaks on the behalf of minorities being oppressed in this country, they call it a distraction in the NFL. A couple of years ago, Kaepernick was taking a seat in the Super Bowl. So now that he wants to speak out against the real issue regarding race, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a shame that a guy that's like standing up for a cause that I think is very justified is not getting a job in the NFL right now. He can still play football. Yeah. You know, you have guys like Johnny Manziel that are getting phone calls right now. Johnny, what has he ever done to the NFL? This guy's been accused of, you know, beating his girlfriend. Colin Kaepernick has never been in charge with the law. But the moment anybody wants to speak on the behalf of minorities, it yeah. becomes a problem in this country. Yeah, they feel like they it's a liability. Mm-hmm. They don't want, teams and owners don't want that attention to, towards their organization. They feel like it would hurt their money. Let's just be honest. Like if you have if you have Kaepernick on your team, the owners are going to be scared that Colin Kaepernick is going to cause more protests. He's going to say more things that that's are affecting the minority community, and he's going to cause all this attention, and it's going to distract actual football from the organization. So no, no one wants to get Colin Kaepernick because they are scared of what he's going to do and what he's going to say on and off the field. Take a look at all of the social media criticism that Kaepernick got from the protests against the National Anthem. Look at all the outrage that was caused on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, ESPN, CNN, every single where. And social media is definitely has been becoming a major aspect in sports right now. So I would like to get your opinion. Does social media play a negative or a positive role in sports? I'm going to say both. As a journalist, it is your job to cover stories, whether they're compelling or decided compelling. Like with the Kaepernick situation, a lot of people were upset because they were like, hey, ESPN's 80% of the broadcast is talking about uh, politics, race, you know, race, racial issues, uh, you know, violence against women. They're like, I'm watching SportsCenter to get away from CNN. That's what those people who don't approve of the political talks are saying. The reality is they do a great job of letting us know what's going on in the sports world. Like, I'm glad that I know what Kevin Durant said about Westbrook in his May 13th press conference where he said, I love him like a brother. I hate that she was the media, you know, are like taken out of proportion. We want to know what these guys think. You know, think about a press conference. When those players speak, we always want them to be politically correct. We want yeah. them to say all the right things. If you want a game, if LeBron was a game, we want LeBron to say it was because of me and my teammates. 
But deep down, we really want those sound bites because of the story. We want LeBron to say, Kevin Love fucked up. He missed too many shots. J.R. Smith isn't making the right basketball plays. We want players to be honest, mm-hmm. but we act like we don't want them to be. Mm-hmm. When they're not, when they're when they're being, when they're like telling the truth, what they're saying, what we know they want to say, that's a story right there. There are ways at times where like media, you know, can be used for negative reasons, for selfish reasons. But at the end of the day, I think it's more positive. It's, yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah, and I, I I agree with you on that. But for the most part, I think social media plays a negative role when it comes to sports. And I'm only saying this because think about how many negative stories have you heard about athletes. And I'm talking about incidents or situations or altercations that happen outside of them being on the field, being in an arena. And I'm talking about everything that has to do with them not being or not playing their sport. What those negative stories does to athletes is it destroys their character. Does media stories take away from athletes' performance? Absolutely. I'll give you a perfect example, right? Cam Newton, when he was coming into the 2011 NFL draft, this was like one of the times, in a, it, it had been a long time since we had seen a minority quarterback with such a high skill set, not since Michael Vick. All I heard about Cam Newton Outside of the football field was he's selfish, egotistical, narcissistic, and that was hurting his draft stock. You know, this guy was projected to be a number one pick. Once you started hearing stories about his character off the field, it started to hurt his image a little bit, and people started to wonder, is he going to go number one? Is he going to possibly drop to number 10? What does him what, what does him off the field have to do with what he's doing on the field? Right. Like, judge him as a quarterback. You know, don't judge him for how he did in college or how he interacted with his girlfriend because like, you know, as the media, we like to take stories like that and just throw and just throw and just throw it at players. And it's just like that hurts their reputation. And here's where media also hurts athletes. I would say particularly as that pertains to like success. I'm going to get very sports specific. When I think about like a sport like the NBA, we talk about championships. Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. You know, I love LeBron, but like Michael Jordan, you can't argue with six championships. I feel like the media puts so much pressure on guys like LeBron James and, you know, Kevin Durant and the Russell Westbrooks to validate themselves as athletes by winning a championship. If these guys don't win a championship, then they are less of a basketball player. And I think that's very unfair because these are some of the greatest guys we're ever going to see play the game when it's all said and done. And why is the fact that they have to have confetti fall on their heads for them to be considered an elite basketball player. Mm-hmm. And that pressure from the media makes these guys, you know, want to form super teams and maybe do things that we think are maybe selfish. But in the reality, they're being pressured by us uh, to yeah. do these things. Answer this question. Is it any athlete's behavior that you see on social media would turn you off from being a fan of the athlete? That's a really, really uh, tough one. That's a really tough one to answer. I'm going to be biased as a football fan, as a huge football fan. I'm more concerned about what they're doing between the lines. Yeah. At the same time, I'm also a human being. In the situation with Johnny Manziel, he literally beat his girlfriend so bad, like part of her ear fell off. Damn. It wouldn't bother me if the NFL suspended him indefinitely, which I think they did. When something like that happens, as an organization, you can't just let that fly. You know, as athletes, we have to understand they're, they're employees. And I feel like we almost forget sometimes that these guys are also athletes. So it's like you have to still treat them by the same standards, you know, you would treat 
you know, a guy working at a grocery store because at the end of the day, these are jobs. You're being hired by someone else to perform. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily in the contract that says you're not allowed to go, you know, at the club and get into a fight. But at the same time, it's like they want you to, you know, represent the company. Yeah, be professional. And positive, be a professional about it. I think I think situations with, like, domestic violence, as far as, like, the, the Ray Rice, him being his wife, you know, that, that would make me stop being a fan of him. Or think about uh, one of your favorite athletes catching a case for sexual abuse on a child. Like, that's going to mentally make you not like that person and not be a fan of that person. So that's why I asked the question, um, does athlete's behavior would turn you off from being a fan? Because it definitely turns me off to certain situations. It's a, it, it definitely like affects me to an extent. And I feel like depending on the case too, it can make me feel even worse. I mean, like, like with the Ray Rice situation, man. I'm a Pages fan, so I hated the Ravens, but I always respected Ray Rice. He was a guy that was fun to watch. Once that thing came out, I'm just like, I would never, I would never wear that man's jersey. I would never put on a Ray Rice jersey and yeah. walk out in public because yeah. you've lost my respect. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't care if if you were never allowed to play that sport again because you deserve punishment for what you did. Yeah. Like you can't just say, hey, like I'm an athlete. What I do off the field, that's off the field. Nah, like it like, affects how it affects the, how you play, and it affects people' perception of you. You got the same name you do right now, and you did yesterday, right? right. It's the same thing. You got the same hands that you used to that beat up that girl at the club, right? You're the same dude that she was yesterday, and it's just like I'm evaluating you as a man. Mm-hmm. Everything about you, how you eat. How you dress, how you interact with people. I'm judging you based on everything you do. And if you do something like that, psh, right. it's a wrap. That pretty much sums it up. I want to say thank you, Rich, for being a part of Lift Every Voice. And um, you're welcome to come through whenever you want to, bro. It's a pleasure, man. It's, right. uh, it's been fun. If you would like to listen to more episodes of Lift Every Voice, you can go to SoundCloud.com slash Lift Every the number one voice and you can find all the episodes of my podcast there i would like to say thank you for listening to this episode and make sure you stay tuned for more episodes thank you